In 2013, the United Kingdom introduced tax incentive policies called a patent box, designed to encourage greater research and development initiatives by reducing the tax paid on profits from patented products. Since its introduction, the patent box system has grown in popularity and has caught the attention of other countries. This summer, the U.S. House of Representatives introduced a plan that would offer similar tax breaks to U.S. companies. Finnegan Partners' Philip Cupid and Aaron Capron join us to discuss the patent box system and how it may impact innovation for U.S. companies. Philip, will you provide us with a quick history and description of the patent box system in the United Kingdom? The patent box was introduced in 2013 and provides a reduced rate of corporate tax on the profits derived from patented inventions. Now, the rate of tax that's payable under the patent box is 10%, which compares quite favorably to the usual rate of corporation tax in the UK, which is 20%. In order to take advantage of the patent box, there are a few conditions that a company must meet. First, and this may sound obvious, but the company has to have a patent. As its name suggests, the patent box only applies to patents and not to other forms of intellectual property. However, not all patents are eligible for the UK patent box. Only patents granted by the European Patent Office, the UK Intellectual Property Office, and the national patent offices of certain European countries qualify. In particular, United States patents do not qualify for the patent box in the UK. In order to benefit from the patent box, the company who is seeking tax relief must either own the patent or be the exclusive licensee of the patent. Also, the company seeking tax relief must have contributed to creating or developing the patented invention, or if the invention was created by another company, then the company seeking tax relief must be actively managing the patent. Active management is quite a broad term and includes acts as simple as simply taking a decision to pay a renewal fee. Provided that the company satisfies all of these criteria, then it can gain tax relief on its worldwide profits from the patented invention. The company can enjoy tax relief even if the invention is not patented in the particular country in which the profit was made. It's interesting to note that in the UK, the profits that are derived from the sale of a whole product can benefit from the lower rate of tax even if only a very small component of the product is actually patented. Overall, the UK patent box is a very generous system, and indeed, some other countries have complained that the UK patent box is rather too generous, and so this scheme has been subject to a lot of international scrutiny in recent years. As a response to this, the UK system is to be revamped in order to make it less generous. So whilst the patent box is not going to be abolished, it is in future going to be adapted so as to require a closer link between a company's R&D expenditure and the tax relief that it obtains under the patent box. Overall, how have patent box policies been received by companies, and are there any drawbacks? Overall, patent boxes have been positively received. So taking the UK, for example, it was initially thought that the patent box system was set up only to benefit large pharmaceutical companies. 
But in practice, a much wider range of companies have benefited from it. I've spoken to much smaller companies in a whole range of industries who have been able to reduce or even eliminate their entire corporate tax bill simply by using the patent box. In some cases, the money that companies have saved through the use of the patent box has even outweighed the cost of obtaining a patent. And we found in the UK that the patent box has given some savvy companies an extra incentive to protect their IP. However, using the patent box is not necessarily the best way for every company to reduce its tax bill. And so companies do need to seek advice from an accountant before they go down the route of using the patent box. Aaron, what are the differences and similarities between the current patent box system in the UK and the innovation box legislation being proposed in the United States? I'm going to start with some of the differences first. While the UK patent box is more directed to utility patents, as Philip discussed earlier, U.S. Innovation Box is much broader as it covers other forms of IP. Besides utility patents, the U.S. Innovation Box covers income from profits derived from other forms of IP, such as inventions, formulas, processes, designs, patterns, or know-how. Trademarks and copyrights do not qualify as the eligible innovations. U.S. Innovation Box in its current form would also cover income from profits derived from motion picture film, videotape, computer software, or any product produced using the intangible property that we identified earlier. The U.S. Innovation Box is more expansive in the range of innovations covered. Another difference is what products are actually covered by the two systems. While the UK system appreciates products incorporating the patented invention, the proposed US legislation is more limited to products which are produced using the intangible properties such as patents. It does not state whether the product is covered by the intangible product, only that it is produced using it. So the question then would be, would that include products covered by a patent or products using the patent? That leaves some ambiguity that may be addressed later on. Another important difference is where the eligible R&D takes place. For the UK patent box, the R&D can take place anywhere in the world as long as the UK company owns the patents and actively manages the patent or the product covered by the patent. In the United States, however, the R&D must be in the United States. Now, moving on to some of the similarities between the two is that they are not limited patents from their respective regions. For example, for the UK patent box, UK company can benefit if it owns or exclusively licenses in patents covered not only by the United Kingdom Intellectual Property Office, but also patents issued by the European Patent Office and some other countries that Philip mentioned earlier. For the U.S., it does not specify where the patents come from, only that the R&D that generated the patents come from the U.S. The U.S. Innovation Box in its current form could include Chinese or European-based patents as long as the research and development behind those patents occurred in the U.S. And finally, should a patent box system become an option in the United States, what are some things that companies should be thinking about right now? Well, based on our experiences in the UK, companies should give extra consideration to patenting their new inventions. Companies might wish to obtain patents that they wouldn't ever consider enforcing or licensing just so they can take advantage of the innovation box. And similarly, companies might wish to consider paying maintenance fees on patents that they would otherwise have abandoned 
if only so they can have those patents to take advantage of the innovation box. If the U.S. innovation box is amended or clarified to include products covered by patents, I would agree with Philip regarding the steps that he pointed to earlier. I would suggest that companies should also consider analyzing their products in view of the patents. If a product does not have a patent map to it, the company should consider filing continuations, continuation in parts, reissue applications to make sure that the product is sufficiently covered. While the qualifying IP includes innovations other than patents, such as inventions, formulas, processes, designs, patterns, or know-how, companies may find it easier and safer to map patents to the products. The reason is that many of these other types of IP could be considered or be correlated with trade secrets. If so, companies may need to consider whether they want to map a potential trade secret to a product qualifying under the U.S. innovation box. For example, if a company were ever required to show to the government how these other types of qualifying IP map to their products, they could run the risk of losing their trade secrets. Patents, due to their public nature, could be the easiest and safest option for the mapping. One of the areas that we have not talked about yet is that the current form of the U.S. Innovation Box allows a U.S. parent company to pull back qualifying intellectual property from a foreign child entity on a tax-free basis. Keeping that in mind, companies are going to have to evaluate whether it makes more business sense to have that intellectual property in the U.S. or with that foreign child entity. For example, the U.S. Innovation Box covers income from profits derived from the sale and licensing of qualified IP. Would the company benefit more if that was affiliated with the U.S. parent company? That's a question that the company is going to have to dive into and look at. And based on its current form, the current computation considers domestic research and development spending over the previous five years. So companies could shift their R&D to the United States right now to get the full benefit if the law is enacted in its current form. Our guests have been Philip Cupid and Aaron Capron, attorneys at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.